Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Saturday morning to one and all. Two minutes past on this 20th day of May 2023. Dan Grasser Show. Live and in living color right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number taking you for the next three hours right up until noon. Then we'll hand things over to Anita. She will carry you right up until Gordon at 3. And then tonight you got some basketball. Little Lakers Nuggets coming up at 8 o'clock Eastern time. A big game three as the scene shifts back to L.A. The Lakers looking to get back in the series if they can win a game on their home floor. Got to win tonight. They don't win tonight. Forget about it. They're not coming back from 3-0 down. We got Harvey. We got Joe. They're producing the program this morning as per usual. Yes, I know. Playing hurt again this morning. You can probably hear it. Sound in my voice. We'll be fine. Nothing major. Just, you know, time of year. You know, look at look outside. Look at the weather. It's crappy. You know, see if they get some baseball in this afternoon in Flushing. Got some in last night, which we'll get into plenty of as we move forward here through the morning. You get me on Twitter, as always, at Dan Grasso, G-R-A-C-A. So, last night we're doing the show. And I actually began talking about the Mets. Talking about the fact that, all right. Just took two out of three from the Tampa Bay Rays. Good series against a good team. Started to show some signs of life, really, for the first time this year. You know, they started to look like the team that has a $350 million plus payroll. That's supposed to go out there and be one of the better clubs in Major League Baseball. Throw in the fact that Cleveland's in town. And, of course, anytime you bring up the Mets, you bring up Cleveland, certainly. You have to revisit what happened two and a half years ago. When they made that blockbuster trade, which brought Lindor and Carrasco over to the Mets, Rosario Jimenez, a couple of prospects going back to Cleveland. And it's time to, like, take stock a little bit. You know, who got the better of the deal? Has anybody won the trade? You know, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it? Those type of things. And then the game happens. And it's funny how everything kind of plays itself out, right? Because certainly the principals who were involved in that trade certainly had a big say, some good and bad, as to what happened in that game last night. But the bottom line is, I mean, the Mets suddenly have this flair for the dramatic. You know, it doesn't matter, I guess, how you're doing it. Just win the damn game. And they're certainly doing that here over the last few days. You get back to 500. You've won three in a row. The kids, the infusion of youth that they've now brought up here from AAA, they're contributing in a big way. And these three straight wins come from behind in all three. A couple of the marathon games, which required extra innings. But like I said, no harm, no foul. Just win the game. And you talk about the guys who were involved in that trade. Like you start with Carlos Carrasco, right? He started the game last night, and the Mets had to overcome another disappointing performance by him. He had missed some time on the shelf with injury. First time back, he gets tattooed. You know, you're down 3 nothing before you're even in your seat, thanks to the home run by Naylor. But they survive a horrible start by Carrasco, puts you in a 5 nothing hole. And at that point, I mean, realistically, how confident are you if you're a Met fan watching that game? Right? Another disappointing performance by a starting pitcher. 
which the Mets have seen far too often already this year. But then they chip away and they chip away, right? They cut it to 5-3, to three, get home runs by Francisco Alvarez, who's now starting to get into the swing of things, which is good to see. Beatty gets a solo knock as well. But then as you start to think, all right, brand new ball game, three innings to play, you get to the seventh, they get a big break with a boneheaded base running move by Brennan getting caught up in a rundown. So you get two outs, thinking you're going to escape further damage in the inning, and then Josh Naylor again burns them with a two-run single. Then it's 7-3, to three, completely changes the game. And you're thinking, all right, it's over, done, finished. Nope, not these Mets. Bottom half of the inning, Alonzo, Oppo, Grand Slam. He's going crazy, crowd going crazy, dugout going crazy. Maybe there is some magic with this team. It just took two and a half months for them to find it, right? So you get the extra innings. Then Arias, who's a defensive player more than he is an offensive player, hits a two-run jack. Cleveland's got the lead again. You're saying, oh, well, third time's a charm, maybe, just maybe. Well, never say die Mets. Vientos RBI. Alvarez, another RBI. Got yourself a tie ball game. And then... As almost if the Hollywood writers ended their strike and came back to work and decided to map out a script, Francisco Lindor against his old team, against his old Cleveland mates, having to answer questions about his leadership from some former teammates before the game, whether or not he's cut out for this, was it a mistake? Should they have given him $340 million? All those things. The game is riding on his shoulders. And what does he do? Gets himself a base hit. Walk-off win. Mets get another victory. Place going crazy at Citi Field. Couldn't have scripted it any better. Could not have scripted it any better. And you know what's an encouraging sign, too? Just in terms of this team trying to put together more consistent at-bats offensively. Think about who they did the damage against. Right, I, I, I know you may not maybe follow the Cleveland Guardians on a day-in-day-out basis, and I know statistically maybe the numbers don't jump out at you so far here after a month and a half of the season with these guys, but Karen Cech and Emmanuel Classe, those are two of the best relievers in all the baseball. Those two guys were lights out last year. Like, Classe is the American League version of what Edwin Diaz was last year. Like, he's really, really good. He's got wipeout stuff. And so for the Mets to battle back against those two guys, it's an extra little feather in your cap. Really and truly is. But this is a good boost for the youngsters, right? The fact that they're providing a winning spark for this team. And you got to play these guys. Play them. You know, it's not even so much, hey, that's what the fans want to see. They're going to sell tickets or anything like that. No, but you just see there's a different air about the team. There's more life on the field, more life in the dugout. I know Buck's been around this thing a lot longer than any of us, and he knows more baseball. He's forgotten more baseball than any of us are ever going to know. I get that stuff. But you want to see that infusion of youth here. That's what you want to see. Enough with Daniel Vogelback. I mean, Mike, tell me, please tell me, someone, what pictures does Daniel Vogelback have of somebody in the Mets organization? What compromising photos that somebody in the organization does not want to have come to light? Somebody explain that to me. Tell me. So if I get to see the guy go up there and strike out in a big situation again, or else provide weak, how does a guy like that provide weak contact always? Always. Enough is enough. And the fact that Pete Alonso is heating up is huge too. 
heating up to say the least. I mean, the guy's going out there, hitting the ball out of the ballpark. I mean, in a way, it's almost as if this lineup goes as he goes, right? When he's hitting balls out of the ballpark, it just seems like everybody seems to feed off of that. Now, look, is this a perfect team? Do they have everything figured out yet? Absolutely not. Of course not. They have to pitch a hell of a lot better, much better. You know, the Carrasco's, I I mean, you know, look, Carrasco wasn't even pitching that well before he got hurt. And I could take him or leave him. And I know on this team he's nothing more than, in a perfect world, a fifth starter, if that, right? There was even some talk about maybe even trying to move him during the offseason. But you can't expect to win games giving up seven, eight runs every single time out. And this starting pitching, it's bad. And I know it's not 100% healthy, but these guys have to do a better job. I don't care who's on the shelf. Who's not in there right now? The guys who are given the ball every day have to go out there and pitch like major leaguers because this is just not cutting it. There's going to be days where the bats don't show up and you're not going to be able to score 10 runs and you're not going to be able to work your way out of big deficits like they did last night and like they did against the Tampa Bay Rays a couple of days ago. Starting pitching, do you realize the only teams in baseball whose starters have a worse ERA than the Mets, Colorado, Kansas City, Boston, Cincinnati, and Oakland. Basically the dregs of Major League Baseball. And that's where the Mets are sitting right now. And boy, wouldn't it be nice if a guy like Max Scherzer, all $43 million worth, can actually go out there and start pitching like a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it starts today, weather permitting. You know, go out there and pitch a good game against this team. Give your bullpen a fairly easy day at the ballpark. Because that bullpen's been taxed the last few days. They need a break. You know, be nice if Scherzer could go out there and start to look like that guy again. Be nice. Right? Be nice. But just a few days in a baseball season can really kind of just change the field dramatically. Because I was looking over some stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm going through my notes and stuff this morning, getting the show. And I'm just, you know, cleaning some things around the office and looking at some of my papers and notes or whatnot. And, and, and there was something left over from earlier in the week. And when I was, like, mapping out the stuff we were going to talk about, whatever day that was, and I'm writing it down, and it says, Mets stink. Right? So that was, the, that, that was the feeling just a few days ago. We suck. And now fast forward to today, you're winning games. Right? You're winning games. Back to 500. Life is good. That's what a little winning streak will do for a club. And it serves as another reminder, it is a long season. You're only at the quarter pole. A lot of baseball still to play, but you have to at least start to exhibit some signs that things are changing for the better. And to the Mets' credit, they've done that. Right? But they got to keep this up. You know, they botched an opportunity over the last few weeks to kind of fatten up against bad teams, really playing horrible baseball because they look just as bad as those clubs. And I'm pretty confident that when it's all said and done, those teams that the Mets couldn't beat are going to still be the bottom feeders in baseball. But you hope that the Mets aren't going to be among them once we get into the summer months here. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. A lot of stuff we got to get into this morning. Got a full three-hour show. We only did 90-minute shows all week because of the conference finals. No, that's not true. I guess Monday we did a full show. But the rest of the week was all 90-minute shows because we had conference finals games. So we got a lot of stuff to stick in today. We'll do plenty of the basketball. You're probably sick of watching the Miami Heat if you're a Knicks fan. Like, absolutely just disgusted. Or it makes you feel better. 
Because you look at the Celtics and what they're going through right now and you say, oh, yeah, we've been there. Oh, yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're feeling. Yeah, Jimmy Butler late in the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Been there. Done that. But you know what? Give the dude, give the team their flowers, right? Give credit where credit's due. They, those guys, those guys are assassins down in Miami. You know, they could sleepwalk through the regular season, can't even be bothered, seven seed, eight seed, don't matter. Just tell us where we need to play, tell us what's at stake, and we're showing up. And be ready to fight for four quarters. And certainly in this Eastern Conference Finals, one team's ready to fight for four quarters, the other isn't. And dare I say, are we going to have a Miami-Denver NBA Finals? A one versus an eight seed? How cool would that be? A one against an eight. Unbelievable. So we'll do plenty of the hoops. Talk Knicks as well. Things that are maybe kind of percolating behind the scenes, which could give us a little bit of an indication as to which direction they go in the summertime to try to add some talent to this roster. We'll also do a little bit of football later on in the show because, you know, right now we got OTAs happening. Next week, as a matter of fact, is when we graduate into the next phase of OTAs, which means they get to put helmets on and go out onto the field and start throwing the football around and, you know, do seven-on-sevens and stuff like that. No contact, of course, but, you know, you're getting a little bit closer to seeing this thing kind of manifest itself. But I found something interesting. You look at the spotlight that both the Jets and Giants have been under really this entire offseason both getting generally favorable reviews, but nationally, maybe not to the extent that maybe we thought. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll also talk to our good pal Anthony Becht coming up at 10 o'clock. He, of course, former New York Jet tight end, the head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks, who just wrapped up their first season. Hawks had a great year, just missed out on the playoffs. So Coach Becht, will join us at 10 o'clock because you know what? Some of his players are now signing contracts with NFL teams and knows a little thing or two about one of the rookies that's going to flash this year for the New York Jets. At least the Jets hope so. A lot of stuff we got to talk about today. And, of course, plenty of your phone calls at 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show on this Saturday morning. We get it off and running right after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets get a 10-9 victory in extras as we welcome you back in here. Dan Grosser Show on this Saturday morning 
Right here on 98.7 ESPN. Will they play this afternoon? Who knows? It's not looking good. The forecast is pretty ominous. I would hope that for anybody traveling out to the game this afternoon that they would maybe kind of call it early because the luxury they have tomorrow is that, remember, Mets are playing the Sunday night ESPN game at 7 o'clock. So you could still have your cake and eat it too and get your two admissions tomorrow and just do a split doubleheader. Bag today's game. Schedule tomorrow for 1 o'clock. You know, everybody that had a ticket for today, you go to the afternoon game, you play that game, you get everybody out of there, you clean the stadium, you know, you cook up some new hot dogs, and then you let the second crowd come in for the regularly scheduled night game. Be a fun day at the ballpark, right? You get Scherzer and Verlander pitching the two games. Pretty fun. As long as the Mets win them, who the hell cares? But, um, yeah, it's still too early to tell what they're going to do with today's game, but forecast does not look great at least for uh the weather at least later this afternoon all right 800-919-3776 and, and the thing about Lindor and and for those that didn't know and didn't hear the story Jason Kipnis who used to play with Lindor in Cleveland he was a second baseman had a beard you know that he was a good player you know I think he made a couple of all-star teams decent player but I guess he went on some podcast or he has a podcast or or, or, or somewhat and Made some comments that, you know, Lindor's not really a leader, right? Well, all right, that's one man's opinion. And so what was interesting is that before yesterday's game got going, Lindor's wife took to social media. And because the media ran to Lindor's locker in the afternoon and asked him about Kipnis's comments, and he kind of just said, you know what, I, I don't have a lot to say. I haven't talked to Kipnis, blah, 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 blah. He t- took the high road. And so Lindor's wife then tweeted out that my husband is such a classy person, would never say what a bully Kipnis was in the clubhouse. Sounds like a true leader versus the opposite of a leader. Bottom line is this. You go let your play do the talking. And last night when the team needed him, he went out there and he got a base hit. And that's all that matters if you're a Met fan, the guy going out there and producing. Now, look, for the last two years, and here's the thing with Lindor. He's not a bad guy. He's a good player. My only issue with Lindor is I think that, and this is not his fault because you, I, or anybody else would have done exactly the same thing. I just think they were a little premature in giving him the boatload of cash before he even played a game for him, right? To give the guy $341 million as soon as you make that trade, like, can we get to know each other first? You know, it's like asking somebody, you know, somebody you meet on the street, a complete stranger, hey, what time is it? And they tell you and say, okay, you want to get married? And you get married. I mean, that's what the Mets and Lindor did with this contract because, you know, in hindsight, he's been good, but he's not been great. I mean, he hasn't even been the closest thing to a superstar in the two years that he's been here, certainly not warranting that kind of money. And the point is where you see the Mets are right now, that $340 bucks, you could have used that to fill a lot of other holes. Think about it. No, 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 we don't. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, yeah, you're playing that song. They're going to be together for a while. Where's he going? Who's going to take that contract off their hands? Nobody. But the problem with it is, is that when he signed that contract, that was him setting the market for all those free agent shortstops that were going to come down the line the next year, whether it was the Correas, whether it was Javi Baez, whether it was uh, Trevor Story, whether it was, you know, a couple of years after that, Trey Turner, you know, and thinking that they were all going to get the bag. And ironically, none of them did. None of them came close to that kind of money, although Turner got paid pretty good. But you could have used that money to either sign one of those other guys 
right, who might even be better players, or use it to fill some other holes that you have on your roster. And kept Jimenez, kept Rosario, and just, you know, let them play out their deal. You look at wins above replacement, which is one of the big things that, you know, baseball people use to measure nowadays. Since that trade was made, Jimenez and Rosario combined have a 15.8 wins above replacement. 15.8. Lindor and Carrasco, 9.9. That's my only gripe. The money is just ridiculous. But if he has more nights like last night, you start to feel better about it. All right, let's see what you guys think here. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Artie's in Brooklyn. He's going to be our leadoff hitter today on 98.7 ESPN. Art, good morning. How the hell are you? Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm looking for a walk when, when I lead off. But, um, Just get on. Sorry. Just sorry, get on I base. get better. I'll, I'll get better. Just I get on base. So, just get on base. Yeah, just get on. Yeah, so it, it's interesting because the Otani – being Otani being out there is very similar to um, Lindor, except Otani obviously is so much better. But I I go the other way now. I think you hold on to the guys and the, the young guys because I don't know how much it would take to get Otani. And then if you could get him as a free agent, if he wants to be and get him as a free agent, great. If not, spend that Otani money and get pitching because obviously they have younger guys. You could see the production. Mauricio comes up here. I just think that the team is built bad, especially with Diaz being hurt, because you have two older pitchers that they, maybe in the playoffs they could go seven, eight innings. You ask for Scherzer to go seven innings. He's just not that guy, that pitcher anymore. I don't think Verland is that pitcher anymore. And their bullpen is terrible. They let guys go. And and Apia's decision to take – uh, to let Walker go and sign Quintana obviously got hurt. I don't know nothing about Quintana other than he got hurt. They let Bassett go. They traded for him. He wasn't good enough to sign, so why are you trading for him? You trade for him. You let him go, and then you keep Carrasco. Here's the other point I want to make. With having a lot of money, you say, what are you going to do with Lindor? You use that money to pay some, most of the contract, half the contract, and trade him for prospects. That's what good teams do that have money. If during, like, when, when Lindor's 31 years old, 32 years old, that's the move. You put him, you give him to a playoff contender, and you get prospects back. I don't know if Yapi is the guy to get the prospects back. That's the only thing. And well, that's the last what Cleveland thing has to do. Right, that's what Cleveland did. Essentially, they knew that they couldn't right. pay him, so that's why they have to trade him. And and and, and they and, and Cleveland did it well too. And Cleveland trading Snell. Yeah, go ahead. Right. And, well, and Cleveland already signed Jimenez to a $100 million extension, which for them right. is about as high as they're going to. Remember, they gave Jose Ramirez, I think, what did he get? Maybe a buck fifty to re sign him. And Jose Ramirez is one of the best players in baseball to keep him around. Right. He took a hometown discount. Right. right. And, and, the, and the Braves are doing the same. The Braves got money and they're doing the same thing. So maybe the Mets should learn. It, 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 this is a couple of years from now with the younger guys. Once they're convinced that they are the guys, you sign them early. You don't wait till they become free agency. You have to give them forty million dollars. Like Lindor, you have to overpay. Basically, you traded the guy for the guy. You can't just let Lindor go after that. What kind of message is that sent? Anyway, and the last thing I want to ask you is, is yeah. football related. Obviously, with the Jets, you could ask back. What would you rather have? Uh, 
Hall of Fame, uh, Pro Bowl type offensive line with an uh, average quarterback, or a, a, a Pro Bowl quarterback with an average offensive line. And how many average lined teams won Super Bowl? Because we know there was average quarterbacks that won Super Bowls. All right, Dan. Thanks. I'll, I'll listen to right. you. Be good. Appreciate you. Give me the quarterback any day of the week. But the guys up front still have to do, you know, their job. And the example I keep bringing up is think back to the COVID Super Bowl a couple of years ago with, with Tampa Bay and Mahomes. Mahomes was out there basically one against 11. He was running for his life because Tampa Bay was manhandling Kansas City offensive line. Remember, Kansas City was missing both of their tackles that day, and, and they were like in a turnstile. They were getting beaten like a drum. And so Mahomes was out there trying to make plays, running all over the field, taking on 11 guys and, and, and just throwing balls up for grabs, which he almost completed, believe it or not. You know, it, it's a two-way street. But you still need the guy to be able to make plays. But he can't do it by himself. With the Mets, here's the other thing to keep in mind, guys. Money is great, and I know Steve Cohen's got plenty of it. He's got more than any other owner. And it's, you know, a nice idea to be able to lock up guys early and buy out their arbitration years before they go to free agency and all those things. They did that with Jeff McNeil, right? During the offseason, they signed him, kept him around, so he doesn't ever have to go to free agency, at least, you know, for the not-too-distant future. There is a guy who they haven't been able to do that with. You know that, right? The guy who's hit a lot of home runs this week. So let me ask you this. And I'm not talking about Pete specifically. But you know that he's got an agent, and you know that the agent is going to try to do what's best for his guy, and you know that he's telling him these things. If they're giving Lindor $340 million, and Alonzo has been way more productive over the last few years than Lindor's been, if Lindor got $340 million, why should Alonzo settle for anything less? You know, and that's why they haven't been able to get something done because you know Pete, and the more home runs he hits and the more he produces, he wants to get paid. You know, Pete Alonso's hit the most home runs in baseball, I think, in, since 2019, if I'm not mistaken. More than Aaron Judge, more than Otani, more than anybody else. And you see the type of money that's being thrown around in this game. Alonso's going to want more than $300 million if he continues hitting home runs at this clip. So... Mets certainly know that in the back of their mind as well. That ain't going to come cheap. 800-919-3776. And the thing about Otani that, that uh, Artie was talking about, Angels aren't trading them. I know there's still a long way to go this season, but the Angels are in the race right now. They're actually playing competent baseball, which for them is a step in the right direction. You know, they're over 500. Nobody's really running away with the American League West right now. Houston's got all sorts of injuries you know, Texas is in first place, but their bullpen is is atrociously bad. So Angels, you know, they're a legit wild card contender right now. They're not going to trade Otani. They're going to ride this thing out. So you could get them maybe, and it's not going to cost you anything except cash. You're going to have to pay up. 800-919-3776. We'll take more of the calls when we return. Also, also, Yankees win last night. They continue hammering the heck out of the ball. Aaron Judge. But another black eye for Major League Baseball, and even the Yankees to a certain degree. Another sticky situation in Cincinnati. We'll talk about that. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. 
How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. For the Yankees, continue their winning ways. They go into Cincinnati last night and beat up on the hapless Reds, something the Mets couldn't do when they went out there, as a matter of fact. But the Yankees at least got the series off on the right note, and Aaron Judge continuing to do Aaron Judge-type things. Seventh home run in as many games, set the tone, got the Yanks off and running. I don't know, what would you guys think of the City Connect uniforms last night for the Reds? That was the first time they trotted those things out. Did you like them? I hated them. Can't say I'm a fan. It's so I'm the those... only one? I like them. Why? Why did you like them? It's a different look. Black and red. Maybe it's they, because I'm more open to these things than you guys are. I know. You're, you're, you know why? No, I'll tell you exactly why. Because Go ahead. I think that Because I think, and you're just not telling us, because I think that you've got like some you know, shares in like the Nike stock or something like that. That's what I First think. First of all, I'm not a Nike guy. I'm an Adidas guy. Well, that's right, because they, they primarily do the soccer. Stripes over checks. Absolutely. Oh, I see what you did there. Stripes over checks. I got it. No, but... Look, the City Connect jerseys around Major League Baseball, the ones that have been unveiled already, and I don't know, there's been at least maybe 10, 12 teams that have done it. They're very hit or miss. Some of them I like, some of them I don't like. The Cincinnati one, I just don't like it. Like, I'm not into the monochromatic, like, tops and bottoms like that with the colors. Like, the Reds have one of the nicest classic uniforms, like, in baseball. It's, it's literally a classic uniform. It's cool. Like, I remember years ago when they did the pinstripe thing and they wore those almost, like, sleeveless jerseys and they, they incorporated, like, the black in them. Like, it just it, it didn't look right to me. And then, but these things, and then, like, redesigning the C logo on the hat, I, I just, this is one of the ones that's a fail to me. I think the Texas Rangers one is an abomination. Uh, the one that they rolled out earlier this year, I think that's dreadful. And I was talking to somebody with the Rangers that I know, and, 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 and I said, what's going on with these uniforms? They're an eyesore. And then he's explaining it to me, like, what went into the design, and there's this whole, like, backstory about, well, you know, early in the 20th century, there was, like, minor league baseball teams, like, in Texas, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying to myself, that's not what a uniform creation should be about. Like, if you have to sit here and tell me a story that explains the design of a uniform, like that, that, that sounds like I'm back in social studies class or history class, then, then, then I don't need, that doesn't need to be the uniform. 
Make it simple. Don't make people think or do research or have to go to, like, you know, the, the, the team museum to figure out why the uniform looks like they need to, that it looks. I, I don't need to see that. Anyway, I like the Angels one. The Angels one is like a classic-y kind of look. I, I think that's cool. The Mariners one, which they sported this year, I, I don't mind that. I think the hat is really uh, cool. It's got, like, that little lowercase m with the trident. And uh, the blue with the black brim, I think that looks pretty sharp. But the reds, you can forget about it. Anyway, back to the game. So the Yankees, they're starting to get it together here, right? They've won 9 out of 12, getting a little bit healthier. Clark Schmidt was good last night, and you wanted to see a bounce-back performance from him because last time out he got tattooed by Tampa Bay. Say that five times fast. He was good, but... And this is where this sticky stuff is becoming a joke, right? And I understand that, you know, the Mets can't sit there and exactly rub the Yankees' nose in it because they had to deal with it with Max Scherzer, and he got suspended. But this is now the second time it's happened to a Yankee pitcher this year, and both times, at least uh, at the moment, they've gotten away scot-free. Herman was the only one stupid enough to get caught and then to come back how many starts later, only to have it again to where he's now serving a suspension. But Major League Baseball has to be the ones to step up here because it really is becoming ludicrous. Like, how many more times are you going to have a pitcher or an instance, because it's happened with the Yankees, right, Herman and now Schmidt, to where the umpires are going to stop them during a check in a game and they're going to examine them thoroughly and it's going to go way longer than just the casual routine check to where he's walking off the field back to the dugout almost like passing by. And they have all the umpires come over. The manager comes out of the dugout. They have to almost bring out the laboratory and examine all this stuff on the field. And then the result is go back into the dugout and wash your hands. Well, no, that's not the way the rule was intended to be. If the check is that thorough and it's going to produce substance that is going to warrant you to wash your hands because they don't like the look or the feel of it, then you should be ejected from the game right there and then. And that's why, in the case of Herman earlier this year at the stadium, when they were playing the Twins, Rocco Baldelli, the Twins manager, came out of the dugout, threw a you-know-what fit, and got ejected from the game, and rightfully so, because he's basically doing the same thing that David Bell, the Reds manager, came out and said last night. Why is this happening? If you're examining the guy this much, he should be out of the game. You don't just give him a second chance and say, oh, you'll go wash your hands and don't do it. No, throw him out of the game. Eject him. So I don't know what the hell is going down. One, it makes the Yankees look bad, okay? And number two, it makes Major League Baseball look even worse. And remember when the whole Max Scherzer episode happened out in L.A.? You know, everybody had their thought on the matter, and the consensus was basically Major League Baseball needs to step up and actually determine what the acceptable threshold is going to be for whatever type of foreign substance that these guys are putting on their hands so they can have control over the baseball. But that is not what Major League Baseball has yet to do. Shocking. Surprised, right? Because baseball likes to operate and fly by the seat of their pants. They like to implement rules, like even when they tried out instant replay. And instant replay is it's still a joke all these years later. You know, let's, let's tinker with these things, and we'll do it as we go, but we're not going to necessarily have a determination about these type of things. My goodness. 
So here was Aaron Boone last night after the game, and he wanted to know or wanted to know what the heck happened with Clark Schmidt when they ended up checking his hand for the sticky stuff. Yeah, they checked his hands. He's fine. And he has a black glove, which basically the black fur of the glove by the middle innings with rosin and sweat, just that color got to his wrist, so they just wanted him to wa- wash his wrist. So he didn't have to get a new glove either? No. No. Well, hand, wrist, it's the same thing. I mean, he's not putting it on his wrist because he think it looks cool. You know, all the kids are doing it at school. He's doing it so he can get the baseball to how he feels comfortable throwing a pitch and to try to attack hitters to get them out. I mean, is it just me? It's bad on multiple fronts here. It looks bad because it keeps happening to the Yankees, number one. And number two, baseball's got to get their act together. And these managers, I'm telling you, the ones that are getting thrown out of the games, you know, baseball should write them an apology letter. Because they're the ones to blame for this. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem up next here on 9870 ESPN. Lon, good morning. How are you, bud? Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Joe Leo. Good morning, Harvey. Shout out to the company. Good morning, everybody listening. Now, Dan, I just want to know what your uh, what your Mets insider. I don't know what you got, but we need to know what's going on because today technically is the uh, first uh, company Mets outing. Company Mets uh, outing today. Okay. Yeah, we don't. I want to see some baseball. I haven't been to a game since like April something. So because I've been working and all of that, then I've been trying to plan June first. You know, um, you're a busy guy. You got you got you're wearing like 18 different hats. You got a hell of a lot going on. You're 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 doing your thing. That's why I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. You already know it's all for the company. It's all for my family and everything like that. But um, yeah, we just we just uh, we just trying to figure out if if there's going to be a game today because, you know, there's always the opportunity of, you know, like you said, doing a double header and stuff like that. But, you know, you know, I'm not no Mets fan or nothing like that. And you guys, Mets fan, uh, Mets organization like to flub things like this up, have everybody sitting in there. Well, and then they and then then they call the game later. So, well, what's I'm happening today? Well, what's I know today too. Um, somebody told me they're doing uh, a bobblehead giveaway. It's Lindor bobblehead or something. So I'm sure that it's they're fun. probably a little bit sensitive to that because I know a lot of people probably got tickets because they want the bobblehead. That's one of the big popular days. Um, look, all I can tell you, and you're going to be listening anyways, just keep it locked in right here. If I got any info for you for the Mets, I will get it out there immediately. How about that? You already know, Dan. You already know I'm locked in and listening there and all go. of that. I appreciate that. And I think now that you said that, it's funny that you literally just said that because Michael Hellman of the company just said, I need to get that Lindor bobblehead. Maybe that's probably why the tickets was a little expensive today, too. But it is what it is. I just hope that they play the game because, like I said, it's the first company Miss out in. And I want to, you know, at least get this in. And then we're going to have the second one on June 1st, obviously. And then um, I just wanted to call and see what you said because I know you know you're the Mets guy, you're the Mets fan, even though you like to, you know, bash them a little bit, which I find hilarious. Um, But, yeah, I just wanted to call in and see what you said because – I know you got your little inside um, Mets news and stuff like that. So if you if you could just provide us with some in, some information, that'd be great. But you know, like I said, we'll be listening. And uh, you already know, Dan, you're the man. I appreciate you, man. Lon, you're the best. 
Thanks for checking in. And like I said, if we get any information with the game, look, I don't have any inside info compared to anybody else, but like, if they announce something, I'll let you know. I mean, look at the forecast, right? Radar doesn't look great. Look out the window. doesn't look great right now. And the, op- the fact that you already have tomorrow built in as a night game, you have that whole day to potentially work with to where if you have to reschedule the game for tomorrow afternoon, you could do your split admission. Mets will be happy. They'll get their two gates, make back all the money. And, you know, you're doing the fans actually a service, too, so where they won't have to, you know, potentially come out today, sit in the rain for however many hours before they end up calling the game and not even playing baseball. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. More calls. Anthony Beck going to join us in about 15 minutes as well. Talk a little football with him. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This leaderboard update is presented by Rock Spring Golf Club. And, of course, you're talking about the leaderboard. Well, you got the PGA Championship up at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester. Round three going to get underway a little bit later on this afternoon. At least the leaders, they're going to tee off just a little before 3 o'clock, I would say. And you got a trio that are tied atop the leaderboard right now. Victor Hovland, Corey Connor, Scotty Scheffler, all at five under par, lurking just behind them. Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Sue at minus three. Kalem Tarrin, Brooks Kepka are two under par, three shots from the top of the leaderboard. And this leaderboard update brought to you by Rock Spring Golf Club. Golf fans, check out Rock Spring Golf Club in New Jersey. Let's say hi to Marv in the Bronx. He's going to be up next year on 98.7 ESPN. Marv, my man, good morning. How we doing? What's up, Dan? First of all, I heard about your debacle with your car. I'm sitting in my brand new car right now. Yeah, that's a story that we'll have to share one of these days, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but look, first of all, I want to dedicate this phone call to the great Jim Brown. And when I think about him, I think about what John Moran has done recently. And how many former black athletes and 
previous blackouts, the price they paid for these guys to reach this level of financial security, um, acceptance in the society, and it's disturbing. You know, I just wanted to say that as a compliment to Jim Brown and thank him for his lifetime of contribution to making this country better. And I also want to say um, I'm very proud how the Yankees are turning it around. I'm looking forward to the season. And I really think that at the end of the day, I'm going to say this, I'm going to stand on this, that the Yankees will be the last man standing, hopefully, as a lifetime. I'm saying that from my really? heart, not from my mind. Really? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Don't be facetious, Zach. Marv is con- boy. Marv is confident here. Marv is seeing Judge hitting these home runs left and right. He's seeing the pitchers with the sticky stuff, and he's like, you know what? That trophy's going to be sticky at the end of the year once the Yankee pitchers get their mitts all over it, right? No, no. What I'm really getting tired of is my spouse, the Mets fan, to remind me of 2009 and how long it's been, you know? I'm getting tired of that, and it, this has to come to an end. And you know what, Dan? I'll be there. I won't probably be at City Field, but I'll probably be there early in the morning in Manhasset, which is Jim Brown's hometown. Yep. And I'm a graduate of CW Post College. Look forward to hopefully meeting everybody that day. For the big outing on June one, yeah, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a big uh, big party. Hope to check everybody out there. Marv, good phone call, my friend. As always, and you know, Marv hit it on the head about Jim Brown. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on in his passing, of course. And for my money, greatest there ever was on the football field. You know, I mean, I understand that there've been great players, and you know, whether you want to say Tom Brady and Jerry Rice and all these guys, but there, you can't tell me that anybody was a greater football player than Jim Brown was. You know, and 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 this is somebody who never saw Jim Brown play, but I can appreciate the history and understand the history of the game and what he meant and what he meant to it. And when you differentiate between the different eras, he was that much better than everybody else. There was no equals. Um greatest football player of all time. That's that that that's my answer to the question. Uh let's say hi to Reggie in the car up next here on 9870 ESPN. Reggie, how are you? I'm all right, Dan. How you doing, brother? Reg, I'm doing great. What's going on with you? I'm good. So I wanted to talk about the phenomenon that is uh, Jimmy Butler, oh. and and some of the and some of the <laughs> some of the things that I've been seeing. Haven't we talked so, enough about know, him? <laughs> no. So no. So for me, like you know, you know, Cam, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Knicks fan, right? So Knicks, right. Yankees, I'm a Knicks fan. So when I'm looking at other players, you know, when you get into crunch time, right, you usually put your you know best perimeter um, defender on. The other team's best, you know, if their best player is a, um, a wing player. Mm-hmm. So it would be great to have a Giannis on the team. I would love to have Giannis on my team, but I'm going to tell you what I got a problem. Mm-hmm. When he's on TV talking about, I didn't go and defend Jimmy Butler because the, my, the coach didn't tell me to do so. Or I'm looking at the game last night, and at no point was there a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum on Jimmy Butler. So I'm like, well, you know, you need to step up to the. T- I mean, I, I watched John Starks defend Reggie Miller and and Michael Jordan because he was our best wing defender, right? Uh, Pat Riley put him on an island. You, this is where you're gonna be all game. But you know, for some of these guys who don't want to take on that challenge and say, okay, you know what? The last minute. I mean, I even seen LeBron James defend Derrick Rose and like with like a minute and twenty seconds left in the game. It was critical. But to see these guys not do that when somebody like and – and I don't want to diminish what Jimmy is doing. Clearly, regular season Jimmy and the playoff Jimmy is two different people. And you would think because of that, these two would rise up to the occasion. So, 
I'm thinking about these players that the Knicks could possibly get in the future. And it's like, well, do we really want these players? If you don't want to defend a Jimmy Butler at a crunch time and a coach has to say to you, hey, Dan, but, you know, by the way, I, I was going to defend him, but, you know, you didn't tell me to do it, so I didn't do it. Like, come on. I wish I can clone Jalen Brunson and just make him different sizes and put him on the team, just bother him because of his mentality and his heart and what he does. And I just find it a little disturbing where, you know, this guy is getting off. And, again, I'm not taking nothing away from Jimmy Butler. But mm-hmm. these other guys – not defending him in the crunch time, I, I just have a problem with that. that well, you know what it is, Reg, that, that, there's a lot to unpack there, and I thank you for the phone call. Okay, and we're going to talk plenty about that game last night, especially the fourth quarter, a little bit later on. I, I, I will just say this, and, and, and you're spot on. They didn't have an answer for Jimmy Butler. But once again, the way that quarter played itself out down the stretch, that is not going to go on the highlight reel resume for Joe Mazzella when he's trying to get another coaching job in the NBA. I, I, I mean, you heard Stan Van Gundy saying it during the broadcast. Anybody watching it was probably screaming at their television. How many more times down the floor is Jimmy Butler going to annihilate whoever is on him before the Celtics even think or consider about running a double-team help over at him? How many more times? When, when is the thought going to pop into the Joe Mazzella's head when, when the Celtics are uh, sitting on the beach in Cabo and the Heat are playing in the NBA Finals? You know, while he's drinking his, you know, third Mai Tai, maybe the thought's going to pop into his head and he's going to say, hmm, you know what, maybe we should double-team Jimmy Butler. It's unbelievable. It really and truly is. All right, when we come back, we'll do, like I said, we'll do plenty of the NBA stuff a little bit later on. When we come back, though, we'll talk a little football. Our good buddy Anthony Beck just wrapped up a very successful first season as the head coach of the XFL St. Louis Battlehawks, also going to be part of our Jet team again this year on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Gross' show, we roll till noon right here on this Saturday, 98.7 ESPN.